Cup the balls. What did you just say, Wally? Cup the balls and swallow the gravy. It's boat, everybody. Welcome to the boat. <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm Wally. And I'm Grant. And we are three friends choosing uh, or running a bracket-style competition to see which one of our ten favorite movies will ultimately be crowned the best of all time. Today, Friends, it's, oh, friends is a bit of a strong term. It's true. After this movie, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Long-time acquaintances. Um, long-time acquaintances that have never really liked each other based off of their uh, movie opinions. Um, yeah. Yep. This is... Uh, this that, is hasn't mu- that hasn't changed. No. Hasn't changed much. This is our t- er, uh, matchup five of, uh, of the podcast, and it is going to be Real Steel versus Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Ooh. Ooh, I'm not sure uh, which one we want to discuss first, but uh, I'm just going to throw to Grant, and I guess we're talking about Real Steel first. Sure, let's kick it off with the better film. So Real Steel uh, came out in 2011 by director Sean Levy, um, and actually... Uh, Both of these movies uh, have strong Steven Spielberg influences, whether he was the uh, director or, I believe, uh, executive producer for Real Steel. Um, Between the two films, I feel like this is uh, definitely the more Spielberg-feeling film. Um, It is uh, functionally... (laughs) Yeah, it is functionally, yeah. I think Real Steel is more of a Spielberg movie than Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Um, Real Steel is a uh, coming-of-age father-son um, boxing sports movie featuring giant robots uh, learning They're to kind of big. Human They're bigger than your average robot. They're bigger than your average robot, yeah. Uh, just, yeah, it's, it's big robots committing severe violence against each other uh, in a boxing ring. Love to see it. It is as cool as it sounds with way, way more heart than this movie has any right to actually have uh, based on its plot summary. Yeah, very true with that. Like, so this was my first time seeing in the like first half an hour. I was like, wow, everyone in this movie is hateable. I heard there was a lot of heart in this movie. And then the good robot shows up and it feels a little bit like E.T., <laughs> yeah, I think E.T. is a, a great example. And, and uh, Wally, as you mentioned, um, this is a movie where I think each of the character arcs, at least to me, felt very earned. Um, you have Charlie, who is uh, ostensibly the main character, a um, uh, played by Hugh Jackman, uh, a bit of a deadbeat dad, um, former boxer, now washed up, doing a circuit around the country taking whatever cheap fights with his robots that he can, um, generally making poor financial decisions, being cocky and making poor yeah, fights. Just having or... egos, just having an ego that it me- it's the, the most blatantly obvious, like tragic flaw, like Jesus Christ. How can, uh, how can we uh, uh, diversify from God damn it. I don't call me chicken. Yeah. And, and over the, the course of the, the film, Charlie uh, is, reconnected with his estranged 11-year-old son, Max. Um, They bond through uh, their love of robot boxing and circumstance that sort of forces them together being a very simple motivation of Charlie owes a lot of bad people a lot of money. Uh, He needs to earn it back through robot boxing. His son um, also happens to love it. Um, and, uh, uh, 
through their journey together of fighting on this robot boxing uh, tour. Um, they rediscover their appreciation and respect for each other and themselves, um, culminating in a giant fight against Zeus, the unbeatable killer robot. Um, it like is just as over the top and excellent as it sounds. Yeah, but it's got the feels there, and that's you know where this kind of movie succeeds. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a simple, straightforward plot. The motivations are easy. You know, dude's in debt, dude needs money, and reconnect with the kid. Um, the, the it's not like there's a whole lot of complex interpersonal relationships. There is uh, a very strong core three being max the son charlie the dad and then adam this um learning (laughs) robot that they pick up Mm -hmm. uh who despite really only having a shadow function you know the ability to mimic other people's movements they get a whole lot of emoting out of this faceless mimicking robot um and seeing each of the characters personalities reflected in this inanimate um boxing piece of machinery uh really gives it a whole lot of life and a whole lot of character um despite not having a a single line or or really any action Mm. of its own you know that's a great point grant just how well uh the robot works off of both max and charlie like it really that's the heart of the film is the relationship with the robot and yeah that's why for me at least it takes a little bit of a while for the movie to get going. I think what Adam probably shows up like close to an hour into this movie. And that's when it really goes, um, you know, goes up to 11, I guess. Was it really that long into the movie? Like it... Probably not that long. It's probably yeah. around the 45 minute mark or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I think Wally's right. It was later in that 45 minute mark. Um I think the the script had a lot of moments that reminded me it not as good or as clean, but a lot of moments that reminded me a little bit of Jurassic Park. Um, the quick hmm. one off liners of like you sold yeah. me and and Max playing off the so the son playing off Charlie. Um, there was a lot of good snappy one liners back and forth. I, I don't think the dialogue is, or the script is as strong, but I would say if, if you're looking for an analogous style, I think Jurassic Park is a, another, huh. a, a good film to compare the, the pacing of the dialogue to. Yeah, I, I actually, okay. like the relationship between um, Grant and uh, the kid, um, I can't remember what his name is, oh, Wally. The, Max in the... In Jurassic Park. Oh, um, kid injured. Yeah, <laughs> kid number I'm one. I'm already forgetting his for- boy. Um, oh. yeah, I think I think that yeah, like- <laughs> is actually a really. I never even thought about that, but that's a really good comparison. Um, I think Hugh Jackman is significantly char- is charismatic enough to carry this movie. Um, it's Timmy. Is it Timmy? Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I thought it's Timmy. It is. Timmy. Yeah. Timmy. Um. Yeah, I, I, I think it's hard. I guess it's hard for for you to see Hugh Jackman, who's just like an incredibly nice guy and always seems to be incredibly positive. <laughs> and um, just be a straight being, up reckless dick. <laughs> dirtbag. Like I, maybe that was just in my opinion was like a little bit too unbelievable. Is that he's just a dirtbag for no apparent reason? 
I mean, I thought that too at first, but then I remembered, oh, he played Wolverine. He's pretty much playing Wolverine in this movie. But like his like temperament, he's just kind of done with the world, just kind of trying to chase this dream. Well, and and the the thing you have to remember um, is that this is also a boxing movie and many professional boxers, a a common uh, thing you hear about the sport is it is one that people get obsessive about. You you don't have the best team in the world. You don't have um, that. You are the best in the world, and people fight and and sacrifice and give up so much to be the best. And he attempted to do that and got his bell rung and and never took off. So I, I think a lot of the uh, the the grumpiness is dissatisfaction with himself that. Hugh Jackman carries through the film very, very well. And watching his character overcome that and find worth outside of himself in the relationship with his kid and the relationship his kid has with this robot, um, I think makes for a really impactful journey. On, on the, the topic of the boxing too, while you talked about, sorry, you guys, I'll, I'll keep, I'll just keep chattering away here because I, I love this film. Um, Wally, you talked about the the action getting turned up to 11. I think, frankly, the boxing choreography in this movie is spectacular. And and there's no surprise. I mean, they brought in Sugar Ray Leonard, who is one of the all-time greatest boxers, to be the consultant for the film, not only on like boxing lifestyle and the relationship between the boxer and the corner man, um, which Mm -hmm. Hugh Jackman ends up taking the role of in the movie, uh, you know, having aged out of being an actual boxer. He functions sort of as the, the corner man for Adam, uh, who is the boxer. Um, Sugar Ray also helped design a lot of the choreography. You know, they, they came in with some fight choreography to begin with, um, but then he made recommendations and modifications and they actually took portions of Sugar Ray's actual fights and mixed them into the film. Um, the the cool. fight with uh, Twin Towers, I think has a, a couple of uh, combos and situations that actually come from a previous uh sugar ray mm-hmm. fight um Which so I, I thought that was a, a really twin cool towers the the uh sorry twin cities i yeah. said okay. twin <laughs> cities the one with the two heads 911 uh, <laughs> uh yep robot was twin cities not twin towers that that was uh that was my bad yeah no the robots were awesome in this movie like what kept me watching from watching this movie for a long time i thought it was just kind of trying to capitalize on like transformers because I know at least the first one came out at this point and seeing commercials for it, I'm like, it just looks like that. Um, but they had some like really interesting designs as far as the robots were concerned. And I like how they each kind of reflected um, their like coach or owner or, you know, their human avatar or whatever you want to call it. Like, I really like the junkyard robot and just like how gross his coach looked too. Um yeah, there was just like a good dynamic uh, with that that really built this world outside of it feeling like a grounded world, but also some of those like fantasy elements. Um, I I guess I really didn't. I the the one thing I wasn't the biggest fan of, and maybe and this kind of goes back to Jurassic Park too. Um, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of like, especially for like the fight scenes and even like the build up to it. There wasn't a lot of practical effects used to, from what I saw. I, I watched like the behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah, I was curious about that. Like the CG held up really well for what a movie that's ten years old. And I think this is around the time where we were like really reliant 
with CG in our movies. So like I was surprised how well that really held up. The robots felt like they had weight to them. I think part of that was also that there was like separation. Like it, it seemed like there wasn't there wasn't as much like as soon as the robots started moving, there there was a pretty heavy degree of separation between them and anything else on the screen. Um, true. True. And so I, I you have that and that's kind of why I don't know, there's there's points where it was shot like even Hugh Jackman like doing the punches at the end and stuff them not then just cutting back and forth and and I think they the one time they did it really well was you know when they did the shot where they were both of them but other than that it was it seemed like it, was it, Adam an animatronic we, I feel like when Adam's like up close to the kid there was probably some animatronic scenes in in yeah. in the scenes where he's like not moving or doesn't like there it kind of goes back to the host thing where i don't and some of these videos there isn't even a stand-in and so you kind of get that further separation mm. I disagree into this i would disagree a little bit think about when he um the first time they really have adam cleaned up in the gym and he goes to take the robot out to play you know just like a kid would do and he he runs around in the back alley and as the robot's following after him it's kicking over trash cans it's it's kicking the dumpsters out of the way it bends down and picks him up I think I, I would agree with Wally more in this case, where I think they did a really good job at giving a sense of, of weight to the robots, um, despite being largely CG. Yeah, I think maybe, yeah, what you're talking about, Quinn, is just when it's the straight up fights. But I think they, you know, wanted the, the fights to look good and clean. But also, I feel like with these kind of movies, you know, you need that interaction like with the kids. So, yeah, I'd be curious to see if... Um, Adam with the kid at all in those like heartfelt scenes was uh, animatronic at all or like just a so you're saying there was no standing so there was like no guy in a mocap suit or not not from what I saw like um okay. and you know what I did see was kind of yeah them doing the walk-ins them walking behind like the Zeus one where he's walking behind where the kid first sees him in the hallway um mm. those kinds of scenes it um it it didn't it didn't look like they had any stand in now maybe they were just getting the the one-sided shots and there was i don't know it, it seemed like there wasn't any stand-ins in those moments and i i would assume there was some some practical effects used in certain instances because when he's not active it's clearly a dummy just laying there and then when he's on the table it's it's a it's a physical being but they from what i saw from the behind the scenes stuff i didn't see any stand-ins or anything to to give them an understanding in space for the actors. Now, granted, yeah, I, I agree. They did do well even without the stand-ins, but I, I felt like at points there was there was like something lost between the interaction, especially in a boxing ring. You see a lot of, I feel like a boxing ring always feels very tight and like claustrophobic almost. And the crowd is like really breathing down your neck in these big, heavy anxiety inducing moments. And uh, maybe it was just cause they, there are they thought about the legal logistics of robot fighting and how you need to have separation because there might be metal parts flying and it felt like there was there was i don't know it seemed it seemed i guess i don't know how to describe it 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 the the any intimate parts of this scene 
of like a boxing scene because this is like and we were, i was saying it before we started recording this is a a rocky um a very blatant rocky kind of remake with robots um the, the which is awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah you say it like it's a bad thing well okay i'm not a fan of bo- of boxing movies or rocky i think rocky is it's it's comedic that that has become like one of the best movies of all time in my opinion um i think it i don't know it, i mean everyone I, likes an underdog story yeah, right and, and but that's kind of where they... yes i here's where i'd say it really differentiates itself from self from rocky sure they share a, the the sport and it's an underdog movie but when it comes down to it you know i earlier i heard wally mention that um you, you really pay attention to the relationship between the kid and the robot um, but the the scene that ste- that seals the movie for me every time it comes up is when you're you're in that final the final boxing thing. Adam had his bell rung and can't hear through the voice commands, and so now Hugh Jackman's got a shadow box and he's got to do the last round. That's part as he's, that is. as he's swinging away, they do that zoom in on Max, and the whole rest of the stadium fades away the rest of the robots fighting fade away to a dim black gray screen. And it's just this 11 year old kid staring in admiration at his father, his new hero, as he goes toe to toe against this giant robot. He, you get to see, I mean, the, the kid, as much as he struggled at different points in the movie, he nails that scene where the tears well up just a little bit. The, that that scene carries the whole movie for me. I agree. Of we've yeah, seen this absolutely. rough relationship. We're in the the climax of this this underdog scrappy fight against an unbeatable robot. And when it comes down to it, this is just a, a kid discovering his father as his hero. And that is so damn cool to me. It's so impactful. Every time yeah. I see it, it, I tear up. It gets me. I I. I think you, you want to talk about the intimacy of the fight scenes. Um, I think that scene alone does a good job of taking away all the pomp and circumstance of the boxing. It is the mm-hmm. conflict of the two people involved and the the bonds of the, the people on the outside that carry that fight. Like, I, yeah, I agree. I, I think this kid, this kid is a highlight of the movie. Like, yeah, I, I know I said Hugh Jackman has a lot of charisma, and that's that is the case. He's like dabbing with the robot. I mean, they don't dab in this movie, but might as well they, they, <laughs> do they the Fortnite. Might thing. as well do. Um, but yeah, I think the kid absolutely nailed it. I think he, I mean, I think he's the only reason why this movie has any heart. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think Hugh Jackman helps with that too. Like he's rough around the edges, but like, you know, at the end of the day, he's doing this like for his son. Like, you know, they, he's such an unlikable character at the beginning, but he, there's like a legitimate turnaround where I'm like, okay, this character actually has an arc. I actually like this character by the end of the movie. I think it's just maybe not so much, but his relationship with his son as it builds throughout this movie. And I think it feels, this is the way, because Indiana Jones plays with a similar theme of an estranged father and son coming together. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the way Spielberg does an estranged father film. 
the it the you've got she directed the, kid, the Indiana Jones a strange talking picture, about and it's all it's heart and one child and an adult. It isn't two adults that have consistently yeah. had bad blood in the past. Because Spielberg like, struggles they, they, they doing adults. He just it's not his forte. <laughs> okay. If I, I had to, if I had to leverage any criticism about the film, being fair, because there's plenty. Uh, Danny Elfman, who did the the oh. uh, orchestration for it, um, okay, really weak. Uh, there, yeah, it didn't there, sound like a Danny Elfman score. No, it sounded more like Hans Zimmer or something. The 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 non fight scenes had a couple of good moments. There was when you're introduced to Max at the uh, the courthouse. Um, there's some uh, children humming children's humming over the top of the orchestration that's very very mm. good not something i hear a lot in music i thought that was excellent he brought in a little bit of choir work at other parts of the film when they're like in the the boxing gym and you have the lights that come down and make it feel almost like a, a church or a temple um but outside of that the the music in the the fight scenes was just nondescript i tried to yeah, look for it really explicitly this time and it was boring unremarkable i i was really disappointed um especially yeah you gotta have some really good music with robots fighting and yeah this was pretty generic when it comes to that yeah he could have thrown just thrown some horns in there i mean he could have leaned on and the, he likes the sent by inception wow yeah it, it was it was um pretty weak the uh um I think the set design was solid. Uh, you mentioned the the robots for the visual design was great. Uh, I I do think the uh, dialogue was pretty stiff at times. There were there there yeah. was definitely moments where it, it felt like it was either a, a late cut to the film or a you know a quick edit where they were trying to just get to the next good scene. Um, it, there were like a lot of good Stupid scenes in this movie, thing. and the interstitial material was week yeah why did they make the kid dance <laughs> like i gotta <laughs> dance with this robot because okay. look at because it's cute i, I actually Is made it? a note of that of course oh. like look at nowadays of course an 11 year old kid with a robot is going to teach it how to do yeah. tiktok dance they were kind that's of ahead the of kids that. yeah that's before tiktok man years before tiktok yeah red steel called it <laughs> yeah but kids are still going to be steel. kids kids were dancing steel, before real TikTok. steel robot movie uh, yeah i <laughs> i have a roblox lot of, movie a lot of notes about the uh, <laughs> some of the dialogue in this movie oh please yeah share. no that's there i, like I mean like all much. the side characters were like comedic like the villains like the super smart japanese robot designer just like just a very cold intimidating dude and his like secretary like they were so those were like your cartoony like almost like 80s like villains that would have been in like a rocky four or something like that like one of the later later uh rocky sequels but like it's fun set dressing you know yeah. i don't think it takes away from the relationship of the son and dad so it's like if you want to get silly with the other shit let's not forget it's a robot boxing movie let's have fun with the humans too so i mean one of the first characters you meet is cowboy elon musk yeah he dude <laughs> He was so dastardly. Yeah, that is and I guess they like kill him. It's maybe I, cowboy Elon Musk and the uh, the sentient bull that has a vendetta against the fucking robot. Like, yeah, he, no, like, we got that, some robot he, gore in here. Yep. 
makes like active decisions to like sidestep this robot back up it's a fucking bull that's not turns out the bull was a robot too yeah but i so when they when they pull when charlie saves his son in the junkyard and then like leaves him He's he's sitting by his truck and the kid is hauling this fucking robot covered in mud, absolutely disgusting. Charlie goes, That's really funny. "What happened to you? I don't fucking know, Dad. You left me to drag a thousand pound robot out of a <laughs> junkyard. The gates locked. What do you fucking think happened to me? I, it seemed it seems silly. I, I, there's a lot of stuff like that. The TikTok dancing, obviously. Um." Why wouldn't he teach the robot to fight? Why was he so set against it until, oh no, now I have to shadow box for him. It seemed like that was just yeah. a, a lazy way no. of getting to the shadow boxing. Um, but remember, he, he did end up teaching. That was the compromise he made with this kid. The kid would have to dance to build a little like, you know, pomp and circumstance for the fight and he would teach the robot how even to fight later the- even later. He seemed like like it was like a disgusting thing to do like it. It, and I know he ta- he worked with them a little bit, but like he consistently kept going. Well, t- I I don't I don't think teaching this robot's the right thing to do. I don't. It's like I I think his his conflict in that lasted too long. Like, and I think that's part of maybe why I didn't like at the end. Like how how they kind of became one is that like it seemed it seemed a little too rapid to me. Um. You know the the obvious uh yeah and i haven't watched this movie in a month because i was prepared to uh review this last month um unlike some people um <laughs> i watched it about a month ago too <laughs> yeah um I like the part where what the son keeps complaining that he doesn't want a hamburger and then at one point he just gives he's like it's a burrito <laughs> Eat the well, burrito. Yeah, but that's them that's them growing to like actually learn each other. That was the it's first step in in mending the relationship was that he paid attention. That's that's good. You're right, Grant. Um, there's weird, like hyper realistic humanoid robots that are showcased in the final the final battle. Yeah, yeah, I'm like that. Yep. People are oh. fucking those robots. <laughs> Yeah, those weren't that... robots. Those those were ring girls. Oh wait, that's right. Like they robots. were like dressed with like robot parts. Yes. Yeah. Could, it I was watched like this very, movie last night. They were ring girls. Like they were plastic. dressed like robot. No, it. Yes. There's no way. Yeah. No. It's, it's clear like, that they have like plastic, like made to they, look metal. Yeah. Their faces are painted. Right? Yeah. I. You. No. There's no fucking way. This movie didn't have the budget. I think to their do legs it. are like ex machina shit. No, I'm with Grant on this one. Like, know, as soon as you they, said that, Grant, they, they put him oh, in yeah. like it was like a like robot bikini robot because they were ringside No, I'm pretty sure they, they didn't do robot black legs. I'm pretty sure they didn't because I didn't believe it at first. Rewound it and watched it again specifically for this reason because the implications of that seem incredibly more creepy to me than just these weird boxing robots. And it really doesn't logically make sense. Why would you just develop robots for robots for, for one specific thing, and that is boxing? Um, and yeah, I, I that just creeped me out a little bit. Um, well, I like how honest they were. We're like, the world is violent, and we just want to see violence, but we don't want to 
act violence upon people anymore so we just do it on machines that is a crazy deep thing to throw into a kid's movie yeah no like while this they're at the like, like junkyard and existential stuff existential violence um adam was double cheeked up in the final scene i i i have this stuff written down half of them i don't actually remember what it was but i guess adam looked pretty <laughs> damn thick um <laughs> Got him with the yeah robot steroids yes I don't know. I, I don't have a lot to say about this movie. I mean, a lot of... I mean, it's interesting to me. Like, I would say besides the kid element with the robot, that's the only part that felt very Spielberg to me. The rest felt like kind of a middle-of-the-road Marvel movie. Like, this is before Marvel, Marvel really got going. And I think there's a lot of precursors here to, like, Marvel movies we would get after this. Or you said like, it... Besides a lot of the cast. I think Transform- Transformers was a pretty good analogy. Like, yes, there aren't the Michael Bay explosions, but I and like- yeah, this dialogue's better than anything in a Michael Bay <laughs> movie, too. Yeah, that's a low bar. Um, yeah, I think what it it comes down to is uh, uh, for for me personally, after at the end of the film last night, my reaction to it was this should have been higher on my list because mm. what it what it does for me is I get a full emotional rush watching this film i did too i Excuse actually did too watch yeah that. the 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 underdog i i mean and i mean it's it is by the book it like, like i'm not gonna sugarcoat it this is a very straightforward film there's mm-hmm. no frills it's it's a, a relatively uh tightly edited um and there, there's not a lot special to it but it hits all the right notes mm-hmm. that it draws out some real i i get excited when they're fighting i'm cheering for them through the end and then they get that emotional gut punch of the son and the father reconnecting and every time i watch the movie i get that emotional rush and that's what i i look for out of art whether it's music whether it's movie i'm looking yeah. for connection with it and this is one movie that, movie, that yeah. i get this connection every time grant how many times have you seen this movie Seven or eight. Fifty times. <laughs> Seven or eight. Yeah, that's pretty good. Wally. So going off of that, do you do you think you'll watch this movie again? <laughs> Maybe not for a while, but yeah, I could definitely see myself watching this again over our our next movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, no, no, like, I do like a good underdog story. And, like, you said earlier that you don't really like boxing movies. I think um, a boxing movie can be very emotional and it's very thrilling, just like boxing is a thrilling sport. Like, I don't watch it recreationally, but, like, I do enjoy quite a few boxing movies, um, even though I've never seen Rocky. Uh, The Fighter uh, with Christian Bale is very good. Okay, calling that a boxing movie, that's... That is a dollar baby. I but yes, the, there is boxing in it, but that is a family struggle movie with boxing. I mean, I feel a good boxing movie kind of has that though. They're usually like husbands. I mean, Rocky is a husband. You know, he's trying to get back into the ring. There's usually a a good like emotional like connection point to all of the fighting. You know, they're not just fighting. Um. So yeah, like this is definitely a movie I see myself watching again like you know kind of wish i saw it sooner it's definitely up my alley um yeah, i'm surprised it never like got a sequel or just this could have been like a decent franchise like well when this game came out the wii was out i could have seen like a <laughs> real steel like you know wii game like that would have been awesome 
what would the second part of this movie be? Or what would the second movie in the franchise be? be? I feel like it... I think I feel probably like exploring what uh, what robots do. Well, we could have the robots do outside of boxing, like trying yeah. to explore that other side of like, well, they're doing more stuff. And there's there's implications in the film that Adam may be developing sentience. And so I always thought, if <laughs> yes, they, that would be interesting. If yeah. they did a second movie, because then that recontextualizes all the violence of the film. Because, you know, the, 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 the absolute brutality these robots go through is, is brushed off because they're robots. But there's weird like, oh, moments yeah. in this film like where they robot. have, like, this, shad- this robot that copies yes, and mimics absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it stares into the mirror. and like, like, super dark. I don't know how you wouldn't. It is. You, you want an iRobot out of this franchise. No, I and I don't want a second film. Frankly, I think yeah. I I think that's kind of what yeah, that's kind of what I, I was trying to bait you guys into saying. I th- I would rather have a standalone film like this than four different or six different, however many goddamn Rockies there are, or you know, or, or four or five Indiana like Jones films or something like that. Just watch Real Steel and I then the iRobot the next. Those that's a great double feature. Right it there. is. That's a great double feature. You're absolutely right, Wally. Yeah, I yeah, I I don't think I'll ever have any desire to watch this movie again. Not saying oh, come bad. On, I I no, I don't. I I I don't. I clearly do not like boxing movies. I mean, you might have to if this wins, dude. And and it's I'm understandable. Not it again. I will. <laughs> like understand. I said, I there's have... not a lot of nuance in this film. It's targeted to a very specific demographic, so I do not yeah. blame you for not being interested in it. No, it's not that I'm not interested in it. It's just that I don't think I will pull anything new out of this movie on a second watch. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I don't know. I and I don't. So, Grant, you say you get a very distinct feeling on it. So, a lot of my movies provide that for me, and it it is it does change it. And so, I think that okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow up Grant's spot. He's now eating on the podcast. <laughs> He's muted no, no, no. himself, but he he decided to eat, which is okay. But yeah, I I think that I've been snacking this entire time. Oh shit! It's dinner time, baby. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I you just I hate robots. You no, hate fun. I, Admit it. I don't think I hate this movie, but I don't think. I would ever consider it anything like a top 10 or a top 30. And I, I, you, we will talk about our next movie and I, I will actively say that I don't believe that that was the right choice for my list either. Mm. I think that was, okay. that was a, a choice that I have been trying to rationalize and I enjoy the movie a lot. I think it's great. I think it's my favorite of of the as a as a child watching the Indiana Jones series, I think it's my favorite of the Indiana Jones series. Um, I don't I I I put on my rose tinted glasses when looking at that movie and or when thinking about that movie. And I think was it the movie. first Indiana Jones movie you saw? Um, I don't think yes, so. Can, I think okay. Temple of Doom was the first one that I saw, and then I saw the, and then I saw um Raiders, and then this. And I think I like this. So I, if you guys are okay, we can move on to Indiana Jones. Yeah, let's go. Okay. So um, Indiana Jones came out in 1989. It's a Steven Spielberg film. Stars Harrison Ford, uh, Allison Dude, Duty. Um, yes. Um, 
John Rice Davies uh, and Sean Connery as Indiana Jones's dad. Henry Jones. Henry Jones. Um, and you know, budget of forty-eight million, and it grossed uh, four hundred and seventy-four million. Um, it's two hours and seven minutes, which you feel every damn minute of it. <laughs> um, this is this is a movie that you know I doing the research on it after come like after they made Temple of Doom, um, which took took a very dark turn for this franchise. Um, the the studio basically said, yeah, you we need to fix this. This needs to be mm. a kids movie. That's how you make the money. And so um, they brought in a couple of different writers. I know George Lucas was part of it. He he um, helped out writing the script a little bit and they totally revamped it from what they wanted to do and turned it into more of a kids movie. And um, one of the reasons I really, I really like this movie is because I feel like it feels like a James Bond movie for kids. Like, especially with Sean Connery in it, um you get these wally you said it earlier it's just set piece to set piece to set piece to set piece like yeah there's no fat in this movie which i enjoyed (laughs) i (laughs) i think a lot of it is fat but it is the entertaining Mm. james bond-esque you know jumping a boat over or like driving boats and just killing people and that sort of stuff the sean connery (laughs) james bond of it all um is is very much apparent in this movie um yeah, I was surprised that, like, I thought he was also going to kind of play in as the action character in this too, um, Sean Connery. But I mean, yeah, he's older. That he's playing the comedic relief. Like, he, yeah, the comedic, yeah, the comedic yeah, he, he's, more of the straight, straight laced one. So I think that made more sense. The comedy in this film was one of the, the strengths for me. I wasn't expecting it to be quite as humorous as it was. Um, you know, my because my earlier exposures to Indiana Jones were more of uh, an adventure film and yes, a little campy. Um, but the the uh, the humor was derived from the unusual ways the situation would resolve. This actually had on top of all that some good one-liners with Sean Connery and Harrison yeah. Ford. It, I mean, it, for a film that I was uh, frankly kind of disappointed with, uh, the humor was definitely some of the highlights. Yeah. yeah I, they had really good chemistry. Yes. And um, yeah, like they had, um, they, they were kind of going to um, make this a lot darker. Like I know Christopher Columbus had a script and submitted it and it got shelved because it, it was darker too. Yes. That's that. Yes. Sean Connery dies at the end. <laughs> um, but I, you, you do see, so they did pull a little bit from his original script too. And you can see like, there are things that feel very Harry Potter-ish. Like um, the scene what? in the, go ahead. No, sorry. I... Oh. I was going to say, like, the scene in the library and, like, the, the like, I, I don't know. There there seemed to be a lot that's, like, you know what? I'm trying to remember because I thought I had wrote it down. But there was something specifically that it's, like, oh, this J.K. Rowling. And they're, like, solving puzzles and stuff there. that felt kind of. Yeah. Is that what you're referring to? My concern with this script um, was that it felt a lot to me like a fan fiction of an indiana jones film like with the intro (laughs) well well, let's let's explain why he has a whip and where his fear of snakes comes from and it's like it was someone who had read way too much stephen king and wanted to put in a supernatural twist um uh, but wanted to write an indiana jones movie and it came across as sort of 
cheap and campy to me, but in, in not necessarily a positive way. It felt like a fan fiction of the first Indiana Jones movie rather than its own film. Yeah, I can kind of see that, but like, I still really like that action set piece at the very beginning. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, it was really cheesy of like, we got to explain why he's afraid of snakes. He just picks up a whip. I don't know. I can forgive that. I think movies now do that kind of thing where you're talking about a lot worse um, and don't really have fun with it. Like, I think that was just a really fun scene to set the tone for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Even if it was kind of an eye rolling of like, oh, now that's how he got the whip. Yeah, I think I think it it wasn't. I think this was like a, a pretty early example of the trying to retcon all of these all of these things that were in the early scripts. I I think now, yeah, we've just seen it done over and over again. Um, but I I think that it, that might be like, oh yeah, twenty twenty one. We we you're alone, so this. you're Han. We've seen that, yes, you're alone, you're Han Solo. Yes, we've seen this type of type of retconning so much that uh, we are we are offended by it. But yeah, it just I, ad nauseum. So to see it like well, at and, the beginning of something like this, I, and yeah, I think it was done with the best of intentions. It was a way to introduce the father figure at the end of that scene, um, or that that sequence. It was it was a way to show hmm. this conflict and also show his interest in the Grail. Um, I think yeah, how, the fact that. The fact that for a big chunk of this movie, you don't even see Sean Connery. Um, yeah, I clocked that in. He doesn't show up till like an hour into this yeah. movie. And it would, it, would, it would make it difficult to have the crux of this movie be him trying to fulfill or even find his father or find, you know, grail stuff and also have this relationship coming up um, without having some context for that right off the bat in the beginning. Like you, you, you almost needed to see a little bit more of his backstory and, you know, yeah, they, they threw in the little things, but I, I feel like it was tantamount to get that in order to see his eventual, like kind of craving for, to find the truth, just like his father did. Like there was, there was comparisons with them. Or just, yeah, it shows why he's an adventurer. Like he found more of a father figure in this one, you know, uh, criminal that he met with once and gave him a hat, you know, that kind of set his path for the rest of his life. And, you know, his father was always estranged. So I think this movie, yeah, connected those points really well. well. And it, it, it connected them in a way that's very similar to uh, as above, so below. So it's really funny that um, it's really funny that these are two movies that I enjoy a lot. I, I'd say this one less than as above, so below, but it's the, it's the exact same story. It's a, a woman or a man, trying to make up for the mistakes of an absentee father who was also driven mad or kind of driven kind of cuckoo by the quest for something that is ostensibly inter- uh, unobtainable. And then you, um, in the end, you do obtain it, but at what cost? And so, yeah, I, 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 I did find that very funny and ironic. And it would have been way different if I would have picked Midsummer as my horror horror movie favorite, which I probably should have done because that movie that movie would have been fun to talk about. I I think what I what I really struggled for with the film, especially based on the opening and what I, my previous experience with the Indiana Jones franchise was, what I was really hoping for, I think, was more of it like a national treasure, you know, similar hmm. similar concept, estranged father, and, but the the set pieces are 
you know, exploring like old buildings, solving puzzles, the, the opening scene in that library of, okay, let's figure this out. And the ending scene in the temple of the three sort of puzzle rooms to get to the treasure. The I, those, puzzle. yeah, those, those parts of the, the, the film were definitely the strongest for me. And the ones where I was like engrossed and invested and it reminded me of the first films. Um, but there was right. so much, um, to me felt like uninspired world hopping in the middle of the film of like let's just let's just go from one nazi fight to another nazi fight to another nazi (laughs) fight and then oh now we're back really hate those nights well yeah like why would you throw in like a a motorcycle chase that includes jousting i mean what a what a knight's tale callback um excellent like why would you i i felt like yeah that that didn't seem to be necessary. Like, yes, we know they're Nazis. We don't need to see Hitler and get a yeah. scene like him signing the freaking book at a book. That was burning. funny. I don't know. <laughs> I thought I thought that happened in Raiders. Like, I've seen this movie once before in Raiders, and I kind of got scenes from those two movies like uh, mixed together. So I was like, oh, Hitler's in this one. All right. Yeah, Raiders. Raiders is a lot smaller scope. Like, it is just a a faceless Nazi commander it's kind literally of... doesn't his face melt off <laughs> yes cool um, Molly. yes good one that's that's great yeah it this tried to this tried to expand this to a a world world view in a way that yeah it does fall oh, short sure. but i think the two main characters have such like grant said banter and you know one-liners and stuff like that is it 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 seems like a a realistic unhappy or angry family dynamic and that nobody's actively there's only like one big blow up but it's just constant bickering and you know yeah um that was yeah really funny he's like oh you left as soon as you were got you were getting interested he's like dad he just doesn't know how to argue more with that it's just (laughs) he's just staring at him like what i'm right you know i'm right (laughs) you were just becoming interesting (laughs) yeah um did you guys know that they bred 2,000 rats for that one scene? Dude, that rat scene, pretty incredible. Yeah. Just yeah, the excellent. sounds the rats made, I'm like, <laughs> are, is that a rat or a Dilophosaurus? My God. <laughs> <laughs> no. Is that, um? is that, oh, what is it? Wayne Knight? Is that Wayne yeah, Knight? Wayne yeah. Knight? <laughs> That's how he got his start. <laughs> he got to start doing the rats for that. I think I wrote All that. right. I, I got to look up because Wayne Knight might be, let's see, is Wayne Knight in... Gotta consult the Google. Is Wayne you... Knight in Indiana Jones and the Last? <laughs> he is not in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. He's I had the to voice of the rats. He, yeah, Grant. He's he was fully, uncredited fully uh, as the voice voice of the rats. But oh, hang on, hang on. Here's a fun game. Mid podcast interruption. So I started googling. Is Wayne Knight? What do you Ooh, think you the number of the three top things are for Google searches of Is Wayne Knight? Number one, dead. Wally, fat. Is, is it... Wayne Knight married? Number one. Oh, All right. Okay. Number two. No way. I would give either one of you a hundred dollars if you got this without looking it up. There's no way. In cheaper by the dozen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was excellent. Me, Wally. Oh. Is he dead? I don't know. No, is Wayne Knight related to Michael Lerner? Huh. Well, yeah, no, that's a fun I don't even know who that is. Random ass pull. All right. And number three, is Wayne Knight? This one's really generic. 
coming to Jurassic Park World 3. <laughs> no, Ryan? Sin, no. A nice guy. Oh. Married, related to Michael Lerner, and a nice guy. Somebody's like looking at Wayne Knight. Let's see. Was yeah. Wayne Knight ever on MASH in Hunters? In, in MASH? Like, that's. that's so old. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's also in. Fucking Google does not. Nobody has a beat on Wayne film. Knight. He makes wild sounds nobody understands. He shows up in Space Jam. Like, nobody knows what's going on with this guy. He's quite an elusive character, that one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry for the brief Wayne Knight diversion. Yeah, we need that at least once per episode. We do. Yeah, it has become... It has become... Was Wayne Knight the body double for Kung Fu Panda in the Kung Fu Panda? Probably, but we we can't talk about that now. That is next podcast, (laughs) Walter. Because we are finally at the two towers versus Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> the one everyone's been waiting for. Yes, the one we've been teasing. That shows you the quality of these movies if we're already excited for the next yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I felt this movie was the cinematic equivalent of a warm hug. There was a you know, Wilhelm love that. There was. I was clapped at that point. Screen. I was alone in my apartment. I clapped at that point. I, did I was too. like, when is the Wilhelm scream coming? I'm like, finally. Movie. It's got to happen. I, yeah. It should have happened when the Nazi went over the hill in that tank. Oh, yeah. When he, when somebody gets crushed by the conveyor belt of a tank, like, (laughs) it's just like really squeezing the, the, uh... brings up a good point because you you talk about this was an excellent children's film. But then there's scenes where like five Nazis get straight up murked with a machine gun. One guy gets crushed by a tank. A guy gets decapitated and his head rolls across. The dude's decapitated head rolls across the floor and then his body is over the top of another decapitated body. (laughs) It could have been a soccer ball. You never know. Maybe (laughs) it's kicking a soccer ball, Grant. I just, I don't know. I struggled. To me, like I said, on the, the, if someone had told me this was a parody of a Indiana Jones film, Mm. I would have believed him. I mean, it had lines like Nazis. I hate these guys. Yep, I put. And like, I did not like, see yeah, that. No color. shit. No shit. But yeah, <laughs> it, Nazis. These have been the the villains of two of these movies. Yep, just, I have that in my. I mind. mean, yeah, that kind of plays into the James Bond aspect of it, right? That those movies always had a lot of cheesy one-liners. I'm just wondering, like, yeah, like how good is Raiders of the Last Ark like compared to this? Like. Is there as many campy things? Like, is it really that different? I mean, I haven't seen it in years, so I can't really speak to yeah. that. Not as self-referential. But I would agree with that. Yeah, it's yeah. There was, a, yeah, one instance of that where they're like, "Oh, Ark of the Covenant did that already." They straight up reference it. Um, the no but, ticket line was fantastic, though. That was the highlight of the film for me. What when, when he throw when when they're in the blimp yes. and he throws the Nazi out the window yeah. and everybody's looking at him like, "Why'd you do that?" And he's like, "No ticket." Well, and everybody pulls all their you tickets Nazi out. It's so good. He lands on a pile of luggage, presumably that of the passengers of the dirigible. Yeah, I was like, "What?" They're just leaves. <laughs> like oh wait our luggage oh hang on if we want to talk about like wild bullshit like that they walk through a river of petroleum with and a lit dro- torch i have that in here dropping like the torch is actively okay. dropping flames into petroleum and and that thin piece of parchment paper that they did the rubbing on of the uh the the uh yeah, shield holds up surprisingly well through their swim through the river and fire well, like, and also that, when that lighter lights the carpet on fire and then the whole room goes ablaze on fire, I'm like, oh, this room's full of petroleum too. <laughs> yes. 
Every room in this movie is full of petroleum. Of petroleum. But then See, the the stone break to get into that tomb. Oh, tomb, that was fun. Yeah, like, that was funny. That was a cute. And then all of a sudden, it's like, like half destroyed. Well, the librarian looking at the like the the stamp. Yeah, I don't know. I like, that was a cute like Steven Spielberg like schmaltz there. Yeah, I liked the boat chase. That was that was like yeah. the most the most James Bond. And like I the, agree. the boat I agree. getting ripped up by the propeller was a very good practical effect for that time. Like, that was badass. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, this is awesome. The, you could tell it was just like a real straight up boat just getting destroyed by this propeller. Yeah, um, I had this same notion in mind too, right? My dad felt the most James Bond of just yeah. I gotta drive this boat and punch these people <laughs> in yeah. the face. But the whole time I was thinking, I agree with you guys. There's a lot of farfish, you know, antics in this movie. But at least he didn't get in a fridge to survive a nuclear explosion. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And there weren't <laughs> aliens. The, yeah. If I'm, I had to rename this one, though, it would definitely oh be Indiana Jones and the time he kissed a Nazi twice. Ooh. Yeah. And what it's implied that uh, Sean Connery slept with that Nazi too. Oh yeah. 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 That's that's a hard one to pull back from when your lead character is uh yeah they tried really hard to make Nazi. her like kind of redeemable, but you know they were gonna kill her at the end anyways. Yeah I I don't know why I think that actress so... did really well but that character was such a nothing character. Well it was so it, like she almost didn't just feel like a Nazi. Like it was just like yeah. she's so blase about everything. And like when the first time as the arc. Yeah, I saw this. I thought that was like a big reveal towards the end of the movie that she's on the Nazi side. No, that's like halfway through this halfway movie. Through. Turns out she's a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like one thing that these movies like to do is it's like, oh yes, they're Nazis, so they're bad. But then they're also like, Oh, she's a scientist. She's like Act, like her main thing is science the nazism is second to that i feel like in the first one it was the same thing it's like the greed yeah. wanting the ark of the covenant covenant for him as an individual like circumvents his his nazism in a way and it it does work better in the first one because i i feel like she she is tagged more as a love interest in this or like a potential She's the only woman in the movie. I, She's got to be a love Quinn, interest. Please yeah. clarify for all the people at home, because I, I didn't really understand for sure. Are you praising this movie for making their people more or less like Nazis? No, I, I, I missed. I'm just saying that a, a, a thing about the Indiana Jones movies in general is that, yes, they're Nazis because that's the time frame. And of course, you need to have a you need to have just a big bad or just almost like a faceless evil entity yeah, which the nazis are robbers, in many obvious many evil, respects black and white but yeah. nazis were kind of all about not having individuality and the actual nazis in these movies are very individualistic and so i'm not i'm not saying that they're, they're trying to make the nazis good i mean the, no they try to yeah if you have sympathy for the one woman character in the movie but i, I feel like all I, the other I, nazis i never had sympathy for her no, yeah, you're like, oh, and you don't, you don't I have don't know. sympathy for the Nazi guy in um, Raiders either, but are you you're not supposed, supposed to? to? Yeah, it's not a, as simple as black or white. You though, want him to die. That's why pursuit, it's cool when his face. They're in pursuit of something larger <laughs> than just the Nazi agenda. I don't understand the 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 current wild fascination with having relatable villains. 
you know yeah. especially like yeah. like look at From the movies the i appreciate it's great well no i know but we're but we're talking about this, like giving like nowadays yeah to these individual people like i totally at, agree Grant. from yeah. from my perspective they're not characters they're ideas yeah but but that's that's they don't need to be characters they're obstacles for the it's characters boring. you like to overcome it's i mean boring if your villain is just a a brick wall for him to climb over that's not an that's not a compelling narrative that is every that every, is true every and villain would... is the hero of their own story that's the compelling part is that you you feel some sort of connection with them in some way which is okay because everybody can be good or evil in different different quantities yeah that's You're, what nobody, makes i don't know nobody's Thanos a good nobody's perfectly good or perfectly evil and grant but, but I this know is the kind of movie where it's more black and white no i know but, but i not. i think i i except think... for the the woman character like all the other nazis in this movie are just like plain villains even like the rich guy who wants the cup for himself he just wants it because he wants it for himself but he's I not think an you interesting can, villain you give yeah. you can give a villain motivation without having to make them um relatable or make the audience side with them i think syndrome from I, I think... incredibles is a good example of a clearly bad villain who has an easy to understand and relate to motivation, well but is yeah, not one that you identify with. I, my concern, mm, my, some people might identify with the Nazis <laughs> in this in this thing, Grant. No, I'm saying I'm saying that I don't, and I don't think that you need to. And I was trying to contradict your argument that the the villains in these movies were strong because they were individualistic Nazis. Wait, I don't I, think I, any I, of us said the villains in this movie were strong. No, I said they were more interesting than just being Nazis. Like there was some other motivation there besides just being a Nazi. Like the woman wanted this for her own like scientific reasons because it was literally something that could give you immortality and she wanted mm. to study it from a scientific standpoint. And that ultimately is what killed her, you know, she got her comeuppance. In the, yeah. I, I it's not it's not relatability it's just understanding and i i i don't know i i think it's really boring to have a a villain i mean you also said you had no sympathy for well okay you're saying you understood her but didn't have okay yeah i can i can understand why she's doing it but i don't think that i don't think any rational person in that instance or somebody who wasn't i i mean it's the same thing with as above so below like you get so invested in something to a point where you go mad about it and then you can't see anything else and that will kill you i think there's there's depth to this character i don't think she's sympathetic i don't think anybody's saying she's sympathetic but i think she has more depth than a normal a normal villain or okay. a, yeah, a, she a, has slightly a, more depth than and, the other villains. There's just walls to be overcome. And yeah. I'm arguing against myself in that I disagree that she has depth, but I also don't think it's necessary that your villains have depth. I think it's okay for your villain to just be a bad guy. So I'm arguing against myself in this instance, especially with a that movie. was the conclusion I was trying to reach. But so that's I, an interesting point, though, because we made with the other movie, or at least I did that. There's there's com like comic book villains in that, but you care about the son and father dynamic. 
we're talking about the villains in this one more than we are talking about the father and son dynamic, you know, in uh, Indiana Jones. So do you guys feel that kind of falls short? Well, no, I, I just think that the villains are nothing in the other movie. There's no... They're set dressing. They're just set dressing. Yeah, and I don't think that that makes an interesting story. I don't, I don't have any... I don't care that they beat Zeus. Because at the end of the day, who gives a shit? It's just a, another robot. You know, the guy gets mad and has a temper tantrum because his freaking esports team lost. <laughs> if that robot was that a was a fantastic didn't... summary. But Quinn. that's that's exactly yeah, what it is. That's it's true. Esports <laughs> dude losing at a a video game and damn it. At the end of the day, what is that going to do? It is about the. I I just think that. It, but those that's that's the beauty of that film it's it's emotional weight that's it's not a, like. a battle that's for the like whole world movies but this isn't a battle for the whole world either that's just actually kind of it's fighting is, against though, making immortal sean nazis connery's like yeah sean connery's like no, if they get the grail the evil will walk among the world that's, again that's that guy the world is in the balance very, in this that guy gets killed very quickly it's the girl the woman who has these larger far-reaching ideas mm. yes she's kind of nazi-ish but she in the end she's just a flawed scientist i think the idea right if the grail just gets outside that the world is fucked so yeah. Yeah. but well no i because it's going to seduce anyone it seduces indiana jones at the end which i thought was kind of weird where I he's mean, like you can't get out of the seal and then he's like looking at he has his golem moment of my precious i gotta grab this thing and I don't know. That's where it worked for me, where Sean Connery spent his whole life looking for this thing, but he's like, I, he'd rather save his son. Yeah. No, I I agree. I just, I, I feel like, I don't know. The the villains had more depth in this movie, and I, I felt like it was it was more interesting because of it. The fact, like, I didn't mm. I didn't... I disagree, but that's... But I... I don't I don't have a vested interest in the fact that Charlie gets to be the boxer again and gets to win because he's not fighting anybody of importance. He's fighting Zeus. Okay. What... He's, he's fighting that, his that past is... self. So he's yeah. fighting the, the mistakes he made in the past that caused him to separate from his kid. But and ultimately he's... he just gets he gets to he gets to implement his like his same mentality of just push, push, push. With no consequence it's just that oh now he's actually a real boxer and he's doing it physically but i i i don't think i i i just i i get the relationship between the dad and the son but i feel like the dad doesn't get as much resolution in that in that movie like, I feel like the dad's story doesn't get completed because he has this weird relationship with, with boxing, and then at the end he gets to be a boxer again. Um, I mean, he becomes a father. That's like his arc of actually yeah, becoming Yeah, he becomes a father, a and he becomes, yeah. he becomes a corner man. He graduates from boxing. He has one last shining moment of boxing as he no gets to stand off against Zeus. But his whole core thing is he is passing instructions to his boxer, and his last moment with his boxer with his robot is watch me. He is coaching. He he is no longer That's just really giving instructions. He's making the connection. Watch me. And he's he thinking. shows him how to win the fight. And so you get that mutual. Live he vicariously has, through this robot to get to get what he never had. 
to no to his kid. He's moved no, from to him. Kid. He's moved from him needing the, the way the movie shot, Ryan. It is to show that it's for his kid. Oh, his kid is directly, kid you know, looking his at his kids affected by that. But he never looks back at his kid until the very end of the fight after he's succeeded. I thought he did when he's shadow boxing, mate. No, he's. That, I thought he looked at him at one point. I don't believe so. I think he's just focused. Can you confirm this? You saw it last night. And remember, his his kid is the one who gets the mic at the end. It's his robot. He is coaching his kid. So that's that's the whole emotional crux. Is he's moved on from the glory being about himself, him being the boxer, to coaching his kid and coaching this robot, through to them being champions. So he he doesn't get his moment on the mic. He doesn't get his champion. Exactly. He doesn't. You've just described his whole emotional journey. He doesn't need to be the champion boxer anymore. No, he is the champion boxer because he wins at the end. He doesn't need to talk about it. They don't win at the end. It's out of technicality. Zeus is still the winner, but like what he wins is... That's the Rocky of it. He wins. He wins. He becomes the people's choice. The people's choice. Yeah. Yeah. The people's... (laughs) You know, the the brand in... uh, What is that? uh, Kroger's? Is that what people's choices it's like their store brand is the people's choice (laughs) (laughs) comes to kroger's brand yeah winner (laughs) but i yeah i uh, i don't know i forgot what we're arguing (laughs) i I, I honestly don't know our friendships is, is based on the fact that uh we love each other so much that we can just fight and argue about anything. About that's the most fun part of these conversations is yelling at each well, other. I, I, I hate it when we agree. That's boring. Yeah, I, I will it just say I don't think either of these movies deserve to go on. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I think the neither of these movies have any any merit as being in a top ten. Uh, I, I which were you more entertained by though? I it was a wash. Like Indiana Jones has that. I mean, like I said, it's a James Bond. Like you still get excited about James Bond movies. The newest James Bond. Yeah, it's a fun movie. It's a and perfectly it serviceable, fun adventure funny. movie from the eighties. You know, it it feels like an eighties movie in in a decently good way. Um, I will say one thing: it has over real steel is the music. Like just, yeah, yeah it has that John Williams like you know eighties music that's perfect for this kind of movie. Yeah, that's an excellent call out, Wally. Uh, the, and it the, reminded me of Jurassic Park, so that's why I'm picking it. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the the orchestration over the tank um, was uh, excellent. I mean, the the Indiana Jones theme is iconic. Everybody knows yeah, that. Yeah, they, they actually didn't really play it. They, they right, did, they waited a really long time to play that to like the tank scene. I think. And even then, it was a, a variation on the theme. They didn't actually go all the way through what the original anthem was, gotcha. um, which I, I thought was was really interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. It was a a, a solid score. Should have put uh, Kingdom of the Lost Skull, right? Is that the one with the, the aliens? Isn't it, <laughs> of, isn't it the Crystal Skull? Yeah, oh. Something like that. But I also love the fucking interior of the tank shots. Like I, I was talking yeah, about, about this on the way uh, back from Iowa the other day, and it's like I love I love knowing the inner workings of machines like that. Like you, you rarely, even in like video games and stuff, you're playing, and it's usually an outside view of a tank. Getting to see like how how that stuff works is incredibly entertaining, and 
there's a lot of a lot of things in my in my childhood where I can relate back to that. So maybe that's another reason why this movie is holds up. Okay. Have you ever seen Valkyrie? If you want a good movie oh. with a lot of inside tank shots, yeah. check that one out. Yes, that's a Just, very yeah. good one. Yep. Yep. And um oh what's that? It's not Valkyrie. What's the one with uh Brad Pitt when he's a tank? Oh dude? right. Yeah, oh. I'm trying to remember what that one's called. Yeah. Tank. Uh, what right. forgetting sarah marshall yeah saving private brad pitt in forgetting sarah marshall <laughs> um yeah whatever it, it doesn't matter that wasn't that yeah. good of a movie but no i yeah i i don't I, the the ancient buzz saws really got me i thought that yeah was that was really funny and stupid and that looks so cg it to me too really i'm bad. like that can't be cg though this is way maybe it was i don't know really early cg 89 they were using some cg at I that mean, point it, oh yeah yeah there was i mean wally there was cg in the ten commandments what are you talking about there's like and that, that's, that's compositing that this one doesn't look that much better oh see and this is why i'm yeah. glad we're doing this with with you guys who actually know stuff about film instead of me who knows jack all because i wouldn't have been able to tell you the difference between compositing and, and cg i just call any special effect cg because i'm an ignorant effects so my my first note my first note of uh indiana jones and the last crusade was have i made a bad choice (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny a mistake i wish we saw his uh fat friend all grown up the boy scouts friend yeah at the beginning that could have been john candy we could have had john candy in this could have been wayne knight it could have been a really young wayne (laughs) a baby wayne knight turns out that kid was wayne knight um uh another the the next note is barrett college but a kid's wearing an n on his shirt what the fuck is that <laughs> is it some he's a nazi <laughs> oh shit <laughs> he's a nazi youth yeah i i really funny wait yeah at what point were you like oh i might have made a mistake with a oh, like it was it was it was very early on it was probably <laughs> the college scene because i felt like the college scenes were just so stupid yeah, yeah, that felt like a checklist you gotta have in Indiana so Jones, right? Dreamy. I know. Yeah. man, did. that awakened. I thought like I only had a thing game. for Bill Nye the Science Guy when it came to dudes, but man, Harrison Ford in glasses, holy cow! Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's pretty great. I uh, I appreciate you guys just glossing over that Bill Nye comment. Thank you for that. I mean, I mean, he does kind of look like Bill Nye. He's your science daddy. When he's all dressed up, yeah. He is my science, science daddy, daddy. My sexy science daddy. Science daddy. Ooh, there, there's that, that ASMR moment of the podcast where you people... Science my sexy science daddy. Sexy science. All right. Well, that's been recorded for all eternity. Yes. Can't, can't um, undo that one. Yeah. I, I have nothing more to say on either of these movies. I... <laughs> I, I've given my opinion. I I I made a mistake. So you said this was your first <laughs> Sean Connery, right, Ryan? Yeah, I. I Do you remember your first Sean Connery, Grant? I think it was. Um, uh, what's the one where uh, you're the man now, dog? What movie is that? What that movie he says is that? that? I don't know. Um, we thought it was in The Rock. Ryan and I saw The Rock. A it's, not, it's, not it's not searching for Bobby Fischer. Oh, it's a music one, isn't it? No, it's a English. He's a writer. Oh, it's Sardos. Like underprivileged youth. Oh, that's. I don't know. All right, let me Google. You're the man now, dog. Finding Forrester. Finding Forrester is the film we're looking for. 
Yes. Nice. Oh, that classic scene. You You're watched... the man now, dog. Yeah, do you guys remember Dragonheart? That was my first Sean Connery, where he was the Whoa. voice of the dragon. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Mine, mine I still haven't seen Argos. Highlander. Oh, Highlander. He's in that, right? I, I need to see that at some point. Highlander's that... great. He is in like He's in like full Spanish attire. It's, yeah, it, he has a Spanish name, right? Yeah, he's a, <laughs> he's a Spaniard, and he's inexplicably a Spaniard with a yeah. Scottish accent. Wonderful. Oh, I mean, right. he has a Scottish accent here. He doesn't. Is Indiana Jones supposed to be British, English, American? They I don't say, right? Don't think it matters. They it live in America, but we, you know, we, it 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 suits the globe-trotting nature of Indiana Jones. Is that his family kind of was always doing that, so it doesn't really matter where they come from. It's just yeah. where they go, because where do you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? All right, we well are said, bumping up well on said. an hour and fifteen minutes <laughs> talking about what's arguably not not the strongest films we've had so far. So, uh, if you guys Raiders. don't mind, let's uh, put in some votes and and make a call here. I don't even think Raiders would have would have done anything for me. Should have been Raiders against Pacific Rim. There you go. Oh, come on. <laughs> you know what? That's that's a perfectly acceptable change. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I I think you wanted skills. giant robots, Grant. These were puny robots. Yeah. These were give me some Jaegers punching a kaiju. <laughs> yeah. Actually, give me Pacific Rim 2. I want to see Charlie Day fuck a, an alien creature. God, that movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I can take it or leave it. I'll give you guys real steel. I don't think it's getting much farther after that, um, just because it's wow. likely going up against either Kung Fu Panda or the Two Towers. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, well, I, I think I, I got it. Honestly, I think Two Towers is going to be a hard film for anybody to beat. If I had to like pick a yeah. ringer in this list, that would be my... the, the Well, you're the a hard guy, Grant. You go for the feels. Like Kung Fu Panda, when I first watched that, that was a movie where I was... It's a it's Kung Fu Panda. This should be stupid as hell, but it's got feels in it, man. I will, it's been a while since I've seen it. Um, and And I watched it when I was you know it was coming around at that age where i felt like i was too cool for animated movies so mm -hmm. i had seen it a fair number of times care. with my younger anyway. siblings but well, I, you watch you've seen every animated movie regardless of quality pretty much yeah i'm excited yep. to come into that one with some fresh eyes yeah i i really liked kung fu panda but i i just can't can't <laughs> regardless of how good kung fu panda is as a movie two towers is just is just phenomenal and that's one maybe where it's, it's like, just too long though do we just you skip might be the like next that, recording and call that shot right now? hell no <laughs> no 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 absolutely not because i you know what maybe my opinion will change i i don't expect it to because i think i've seen two towers probably 10 times like i've seen kung fu panda twice <laughs> i think there's a and that might be that might be pushing it i think i've only seen it once um yeah, I no, I'm really interested to watch those two movies again because I haven't watched Two Towers in a very long time, and I'm gonna try and just watch the original one, not any other. Yeah, is we should specify that. Are we doing original or extended cut? On that? Original. I I think okay. all of these are are well. No, we get a pick, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because I have RoboCop on this. It's gotta be director's cut. Okay. Oh, I gets right. kicked in the nuts by RoboCop in the director's good, cut. Good clarification, because I would not have uh, known to differentiate that. 
Well, Grant, this is actually the if we're talking. Well, let's 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 vote. So, are we going real? Yeah, steel? real delaying. steel, unquestioned. Yeah. The people's okay. champ, real steel, Damn. for sure. Yeah, I wanted to give it to Indiana Jones just for the music I, alone, and it's a fun movie. It we were really harsh on. It's a perfectly okay movie, but I did enjoy Real Steel more than I was expecting. So both yeah. both yeah. of these movies are perfectly fine, and I don't. I think that is my reason for not wanting either of them on this list. I don't want fine movies to be on this list. We um, want weird and, and shit. That is partially my my fault. Um, I I should you fucked have, up, Brian. I did. I I should have put you know a better movie <laughs> on it. I mean, Jesus, Saving Private Ryan. Would have been a significantly better choice for a Steven Spielberg movie, um, but uh, better choice was Jurassic Park, and that was yeah, already on the list. That's true. That's very true. Um, but yeah, okay. So uh, that that is it. Real Steel advances. Um, Ooh, hell yeah! The people's yes. choice. The the two people's choice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I begrudgingly, it's the people's choice. I, I abstain <laughs> because both of these were dog <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> wow, I that they were just okay. I think you're give it, people at home, you should watch Real Steel if you haven't seen it. I, Damn I good film, agree. don't let him talk I, you out of it. I 100% agree. Yeah, my my opinions shouldn't sway that. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's not, yeah, Real Steel. Yeah, it's, it's on not, Netflix. I will never, I will never watch it again. That doesn't. <laughs> That doesn't mean I wasn't okay or happy watching it the first time and the only time. Um, I, I, I mean, I prefer to watch a Knight's Tale over that significantly. Hell yeah, yeah. Like mm, yeah. not for me. One head robots. So, uh, <laughs> so I guess I guess between the two, the decision is: Do you want medieval jousting or do you want robots? Either way, it's so, a Rocky so, movie. Either way, so yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize how much I liked sports movies because I'm like mm. I'm not a sports guy. Like, you know, I don't watch sports. I don't watch a sport on the weekends. But it turns out a lot of the movies I like are sports movies. Or they're analogous sports movies. They're yeah, like- that's more fun. Yeah, than actual like you, you need something besides just actual sports to be stimulated. So you bring robots and jousting <laughs> and, <laughs> and hunky Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah. Between no. the toss up between slightly he, older dead, huge with glasses. Yeah, I got to say not as Heath Ledger, not as cute as Harrison Ford in glasses, man. That that first no, view when he well, looks well, up. Take a vote to it. I agree with Grant. What about um, what about Hugh Jackman? In this movie, he's rugged. Yeah. His haircut he's is rugged. shitty, man. They, they <laughs> he really does have a shitty haircut. Should have been just the Wolverine. <laughs> Better. <laughs> he should have had dreadlocks and gotten knocked oh, through. Just throat. a bunch of yeah, tear drop. It's like we're tattoos. in the future, man. We're good. Wally, don't don't equate dreadlocks to murdering somebody and being in a gang. How dare you? That is incredibly offensive. But yeah, so next week we have the two towers. Um, Grant, let's talk about this though, because actually this is the only movie in our entire bracket that was chosen by two of us. Um, and so I think we do need to discuss what type of what cut we should watch. Comfortable pan is taking you guys down. Either I'm way. comfortable. I, I'm. I will defer to you on on that um because i i like both editions and and frankly i i don't have a preference between the two yeah i i think the theatrical cut is incredibly good on its own i 
there is more to like in the extended edition but i'm totally fine just doing the the theatrical cut because i think it stands alone just as good yeah let's just do the theatrical cut keep it classic and it's shorter and (laughs) we all know our time is very precious Mm -hmm. precious precious oh nice thank you wally good uh good ad lib all right well quinn where can people find us uh we are on instagram um at the boat underscore pod i believe might not might not be an underscore sorry you guys are catching me not looking this up but we are on apple podcast google play um just about every podcast catcher you can find um i believe we're on spotify i'm 100 percent sure we are actually and uh we are on pandora we are just yeah everywhere i mean jesus go to Podbean. you can listen to us that's where we uh port from so yeah we're we're just about everywhere we're on facebook um they they tried to say hey put your podcast on facebook i told them screw you i don't want people on facebook listening to our podcast through facebook uh maybe that will that will lower our numbers but i i don't want any more of my my information on facebook but yeah I, anything else for the good of the people we love you we Cut do the love balls you. and swallow the gravy slurp the gravy while you gotta slurp that gravy up the balls slurp the gravy guess what Get off the boat. Get the fuck out. <laughs> it didn't rhyme. <laughs>